Welcome to Minority Corner with an Eke and James, the, the Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins of podcasting. podcasting. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues, only it's more black, queer, and ladylike. This week on Minority Corner. Ooh, what are we doing? Well, I am going to be talking about some hip hop artists and some black athletes and how they have turned their money into extra money by becoming venture capitalists. Damn. I know. Well, I, I'm going to take it on the other side of the spectrum and talk okay. about uh, slavery. Oh, from roots yeah. to royalty. Oh. From, oh, there it is. Whoa. Oh. Well, we just named Ooh. the episode just okay. now. So well done to okay. Aneke. Okay. From roots to royalty, it's a, it'll be a quizlet. And you think you know, I think a lot of people think they know about slavery, but I don't think you know it as well as you need to. And you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of a refresher because there we need to nothing know. nothing wrong with that. Nothing before, wrong with a refresher. Before we get to Wakanda, we gotta know where we where we where we came from. What happened? What it's happened was I am ready to find out all this information and to have some little chit chat with you. Yeah, and I wanna talk about Fergie. Oh, oh. say can you see Jazzy Fergie. Let's get into it. Energy, energy. I, you know, I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to record that part, but. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't realize we were recording. I was just uh, us getting our warm ups, our, our warm up juju into know, the show. Letting the people know how we do this show. Just to get ourselves. That's how it starts. That was a cold open. We're in it. Cold we're in open. it here. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> what? How you I doing? Good. I feel seen. I feel represented. Oh, I feel tapped oh. into the world. Someone had a good day at work. Somebody um, saw Did some you representation up on a movie screen. Oh, okay. I was like, what happened at oh, work, work today? Work. You were work like, I'm feeling I've, I've been coasting <laughs> off of this Black Panther parade oh welcome to the welcome to wakanda you know i've been in wakanda for a few weeks okay, now and it has what? been a you hard don't have to throw in a humble <laughs> brag in there. no i mean <laughs> what i mean is welcome because i can finally share wakanda I magic know, with everybody true james you weren't lying you weren't right lying you i never know. lie you oh you only tell the truth and <laughs> i'm the magical sitar of wakanda yes and I don't want to do spoilers for people because... Yeah, just reactions, feelings, yes. energies. And can I also pause on the action that if you haven't listened to my uh, Get Ready for it's Wakanda good. episode, yes. it just gets, it just gets it you does. ready. Because there's a lot of... it. There's so much happening in the movie that I felt by knowing that level of information. Yes. And that, like nothing was spoiled for me, and I even did like research on the mm-hmm. film. Uh, but just like knowing who the tribes were and like some of the, like just the character stuff, yeah. it felt like it let me hit the ground running and like, ooh, okay, I I'm in the world. I completely agree because they don't even really go- get into the tribes in the movie, so it's kind of nice to have the mm. background. Like you see the tribes, you understand that there's different tribes, you understand that the back there's a little bit of tossed information in there. But your like primer really does kind of line it up in a way that the movie doesn't, and the way that I'm sure the comic book folklore does that those of us who haven't sure. read it would know like would be going yeah without it it's excellent if you um everybody no matter who you are go see it but also if you're black just go see it what Required what for viewing. you really 
<laughs> what for you as uh black america what what for you jumps out like what like what for you jumps out about this film what makes it so different for what you for me um yeah and what your experience without was without spoiling it mm-hmm. i will name off how i feel like i have now been seen um mm, yeah. i am a dark-skinned black woman with natural hair and an african name there mm. were multiple representations of me in that movie and mm. they each had their own mm. personality they each had their own style they each had their own way of interacting in the world and that is something that is extremely rare i don't think mm-hmm. i've ever seen anything like that before where it's natural yeah. hair african name dark-skinned black woman like being fucking awesome and brilliant like Mm -hmm. that to me Mm -hmm. i feel james i feel seen like i feel Mm. like for the first time in my fucking life i've been represented appropriately properly in multiple different ways where it's not just like oh i see you know there's one character there and i'm kind of like that character no i had the freedom to be like oh i'm like i could do that for that character i'm kind of like that from that character i'm kind of like that from that Mm, character and they all look like me and they all have fucking african names and they all have their hair natural just like me like that to me was so powerful you know yeah and also yeah. there's a certain city represented in the movie that i'm not I <laughs> that's why, like every time every time i watched that movie i just was like mm, i can't I wait there's i could i was like uh and i can't say too much i was like a neck is gonna cry i was like dying because yeah opening scene that, there's a there's a scene yeah. that's very special to my heart that's very well represented in the movie well not rep i mean is a part of the movie i wouldn't say represented it's a, in a, a in a big part of the I was movie like, where in that city is that film but still <laughs> but still i was like all they needed to do is have someone be like oh i'm gonna be a librarian when i grow up then i'd be like who is filming my life right oh, now oh wow is, everything's they, covered this is my story <laughs> this is my life i everything here yeah and i mean even michelle obama came out and just talked about how revolutionary this film yes. is and that's why like when i said i wasn't kidding when i said the revolution just might be televised right. i and it just it feels like such a, a monumental sort of movement um that's happening so i'm so glad that you got to see it and that you had such a great i wasn't i'm not surprised yeah, by no, your experience no. and reaction and just like what I love is just all like again like there's so many you know powerful female characters. I love that like Lupita Nyong'o. This is not a spoiler. Is not a she's not just the love no. interest. She's like she's a fully even like a side character. part. She's a fully a formed fully character. formed human being. She's got her own missions, her own journeys, her own things, right. and the women also have conflicting views. But it's not about men, right. <laughs> you know. And James, it is. One, I have to commend you. I have to give you a slow clap right now. Just giving you a slow clap Mm. because it is so motherfucking hard to talk about this movie without spoiling. (laughs) And I've been doing it for three weeks. (laughs) James, good job because you did not spoil shit for me. I don't do that. I don't do (laughs) it. And I won't. And today will be no difference for those of you just hanging on the edge of your teats waiting for a little spoiler, spoiler. Not going to happen. But you know what? A round trip ticket to Wakanda. Oh, in a month, in a month, like games are, we're going to have like a full on, let's talk about the movie beat by beat. Because 
in fact, when it comes out, we're just going to do our own DVD commentary where yeah. it's just us watching the movie and exactly. then talking and talking about it. I think that's actually a great idea for an episode. I love just... that, actually. That's not bad. <laughs> Mystery Science 3000 with James and Aneke. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. So something that we uh, cut for time last week I wanted to talk about is the Black Panther album. Yes, so we talked for, so we cut for time. Um, <laughs> it's an excellent album. We both were very over the moon, very excited about it, but you had a concern about it. Well, so Kendrick Lamar produced it, and I, this album is, fuck, that's not my concern. Yeah, no, I was like, whoa. <laughs> 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 well, first of all, no, I love you, Kendrick Lamar. I, yeah. but I, I, what I, so he produced the album, and yes. this is even of itself, like, which, this is like Marvel's like 18th film. They've yes. never had like a full on like this is why this movie is such a movement like and happening it's, it's so reminiscent of like movies from when we were like um kids and teenagers in the yes. 90s when they each yeah. movie had a soundtrack you remember that yeah like, like, oh it's the it's the romeo and juliet soundtrack Ooh, it's yeah the, like the boomerang soundtrack yeah, yeah they're like they all had their soundtrack they all had mm-hmm. you know even jungle fever had a hit she She's got jungle, got fever. jungle fever. He got jungle fever. Stevie Wonder, we excuse you because you're blind and talented. But he's way talented. That song is way problematic. It's very problematic. I mean, the whole movie does not hold up, and I don't even actually, have to see it. I don't have to see it, and I know it doesn't wait, hold up. We should have a movie night where we watch all those '90s movies that we were kids for yes. that our that our parents saw. They're like I've actually so never bad. seen Boomerang. You I've never seen, seen Boomerang? Jungle Fever. No, oh. I have not. Have you seen Purple Rain? Ah, uh, yeah, I have seen okay. Purple Rain. It's okay. been a while. Woo! I would need to rewatch. Yeah, no, it's, no, no. That's a wild ride. Rewatching that, you're like, this doesn't feel right. But this song's <laughs> What's fun. What's going on, <laughs> friends? I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Black Panther album, which so I, I think the music is so great. Uh, there's just one song, Ops, which is like my favorite. They use it for the car chase sequence. That song, every time I listen to it, makes yes. me feel like I am a Wakandian spy, like Black Ops yes. spy. Yes, Ops um, is so good. Vince Staples, he's yes. like young and hip and cool. <sighs> This, yeah, and so there's, the album is like so brilliant and powerful. They talk about politics. They talk about right. everything that is just, I feel like it is like everything that is black in America is on that album. My yeah. one thing that I had with it is I I, I had to side-eye it a bit, side-eye mm-hmm. your heroes, yeah. because for me, the movie of Black Panther has so much like, like female empowerment, not even female empowerment, because like in the world of Wakanda, it's not even a conversation. Right. You know, like it's just... Right. They're, they're equal. They're exactly. so far beyond us. They're not just advanced in technological ways. They're advanced in just their, their social uh, ways that they interact. And, I and so mm-hmm. I had felt like I was surprised that there wasn't like an all lady anthem on there mm-hmm. or like a, mm-hmm. that there wasn't more female MCs on the album. And it, it took me until I think after I saw the movie the second time and I was look, listening to the album, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree with. Other thing too about Black Panther though too is you'll see and there's been many a post all, all over the internet, but just how what makes this movie so great is is on so many levels is just like the African influences. Like you felt like yes. our stories have not been told. I've not seen our stories like this. We, it's rare for us to get contact to our stories. Right. So to see it on an elevated level, and I got into this debate with this guy. White okay, guy, what's going on? Who's white on? guy, right. who was like, I only have one critique, and I'm like, I roll. I yeah, just what's like this critique, and I okay, 
I'm gonna I'm coaching myself right James you must be open to hearing other people's I opinions and ideas I'm curious no I'm saying for myself because I realize oh, like okay. I'm like I don't want to hear it but <laughs> must be open to everybody's ideas and opinions but he yes. thought that the movie was too um not basic but he thought it was too like and it was too on the nose in terms of like they had spears and like for, for to him like but and I said yes Africa. But yeah, and like what I love about this movie is that it is the the bridging of the past and and the present of like their present together. So no, they had you know spears, what? but those spears can shoot electric volts, you know? I'm going to pause you right there. And you can just say Thor has a fucking hammer. Mm, yeah. Thor, why done. aren't you complaining that Thor has a hammer? Why aren't mm. you complaining that Valkyrie rides a fucking Pegasus? Mm-hmm. She's so, got a sword. She's, they're yeah. all medieval-y. So you're right. Um, Conversation's Captain on. Captain America has a shield. Like, go away. This oh, is- yeah. You're right. Damn it. You're so right. Good point. So this this comes back. Let's come back. Um, I want to I bring up one thing, though. We, yeah. Can we can we talk about Fergie Ferg? Oh, we're totally changing topics oh, now. Oh, say. Okay. Bye, Black Panther. Can't you Bye. see... Oh, wait, the dawns, go, early go, go, I really yeah. just want to do one little tiny little plug about the soundtrack that we didn't cover. Oh I yeah. Love it that there was a lot of South African artists are on it. Yeah. So yes. That, so yeah. It's, one, there's there are female representations, which is great. There are African representations, which is great. And there's a lot of like up and coming new hip hop artists, so check it out. Well, that's actually just in general. I know we're going back to it. Sorry, Ferg. You need to hold we'll on. To you in a minute, don't Fergie. you worry, just, Fergie. Don't Ferg. you worry. We, we're about to we're get coming to around. You. We are coming we're around the mountain. <laughs> so I, but th- this whole entire Black Panther, the movie, the album. What is so beautiful about it is that I feel like it's a unifying factor amongst blacks in the world. Because yes. like it's black people from all over, different parts of the world involved it's in this Aspera, movie, baby. in this in this music. So it feels like this giant coming together. And I was reading this article uh, where uh, black folks in Africa were a little skeptical about this movie. They, but mm-hmm. they still went to go see it, and they were blown away because usually yeah. Africa's portrayal in you know Westernized movies it's, it's terrible. Dusty, dirty children. That's how it always is. Yeah. Which is like, and, come on. Yeah, and so they were definitely like blown away. And people were there was like drum circles that like going yes. on outside of some movie theaters. So it was definitely mm-hmm. lit. Speaking of what's not lit. Fergie. So, <laughs> ooh, that girl. You know, I mean, oh, Fergie. Um, so, if you don't know, Fergie sang the national anthem at the NBA All- All- All-Stars, All-Stars game. Uh-huh. Ooh, I don't know how I got. That's literally me just getting peripheral information. So, good job, peripheral brain. You know when know. you're just, just kind of. You're just soaking it up. Soaking you're kind of reading. The- I just watched the song. video, maybe read a headline, and I didn't even know basketball season is happening or whatnot. That's what happens sometimes. You just absorb <laughs> it. So, especially in our industry, it's a weird sponges. Um, so, Fergie gave a rendition of the national anthem, and she thought she jazz it up. Literally, she jazz it up. Oh, say, can you see? But even what you're doing right now sounds better. Like she's so jazzy, but it was bad. Why would we expect? What were who one was like? Yeah, let's get Fergie. Because Fergie is a, is a known done. singer. What? Well, also, 
also Fergie what? probably knew she wasn't going to be able to Jennifer Hudson this shit. True. So she was like, but you know what? She's got a good wail. Because every time her jazz thing wasn't working out, she would just go, just like that, like, you know that note that she does, you know, that thing that she does at the end of every Black Eyed Peas song of like, I felt like I was like, oh, there it is. Like, it would be like a note there. Oh, furry, furry. But you know what? (laughs) Yes, Yes. you go. No, you go. One, I listened to that shit yesterday. I avoided (laughs) it. I was like, I don't want to hear this. And then yesterday I was bored and I was like, let me hear this. And then I needed to, I needed to rinse my ears with a little bit of Whitney Houston after that. Oh, yeah. Good call. She is known for the best fucking, like, I, everyone listening to this podcast right now, I... I am telling you, you know that Whitney Houston brought down the house when she sang that um, World Series in the 90s, National, mm. wearing her tracksuit and her headband, hella relaxed, came to fucking break down the show. <laughs> she but was like, I came to slay. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even remember as well as you do. Trust oh. me. I didn't. I was like, yeah, I know she did a good job, but let me listen. Just the first well, especially notes. after the Fergie debacle know, of 2018, <laughs> anything would sound better after that. You could probably listen to <laughs> Ashley Simpson flounce <laughs> around. <laughs> You're the like, oh, this is better. Notes, James, it was magic. I started crying. Uh, I oh did. my god! It was beautiful. Yes. Oh it was man. Beautiful. And you know what? I feel bad for Fergie because she's just. Trying to do her thing. Someone you set know, her up dirty. Someone set her up dirty. <laughs> you know what? In Fergie's defense, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Fergie lawyer. I hate the word devil's advocate. I'm gonna play Fergie advocate okay. right now. <laughs> You're gonna play um, the defense, Fergie defense. I'm gonna play the d d d d d Fergie defense. Here's the thing. Fuck the national anthem. I'm glad she fucked it up. Fuck that yeah, song. True, it's true. a racist ass song. And you know what? I think she yeah. did it on purpose. That's I think that <laughs> Fergie did it on purpose because she was like, I won't take a knee. She's like, okay, sure. I'll sing your damn racist ass song and I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> and we talk about that in a past episode where we break down why. I think I, yeah, I break down you, why the national did. anthem is racist. Which yeah. Is true. But I would believe that theory more if Fergie was known to be a strong singer. Oh, here comes the shade. Here comes the shade. <laughs> but maybe that's how she gets you. She has that one note that she sings in all the songs. That it's always at the end. And she's like, my homes. <laughs> like at the end. If I was like, exactly, hey, mama. That's what she used to do. If, if someone was like, Aneka, can you sing the national anthem? I'd be like, all right. And then I'd sing it. And they'd be like, that was terrible. I'd be like, well, I'm not a good singer. There you go. Sorry. Why did you, you ask me to do this? <laughs> this, this is, is your, your fault. fault. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. You knew what you were getting. Exactly. And that's why we all need to shut up because this is what we were getting when we got Fergie to sing it. But maybe I think there's a lot of different conspiracy theories here. One, she did it on purpose. Two, yeah. someone's <laughs> dead. Someone set her up, or three, someone who actually is trying to do part, be part of Take a Knee was like, yeah. "Oh, don't worry, I'll handle booking the talent." And then they're like, they secretly got, like, yeah. they're like, "Fuck that song." They're like, "Oh, I got Fergie." They're I like, know. "What song did she do?" Oh, my humps. And they're like, "Oh, I love my humps. That was great." Black Eyed Peas. And they don't remember just her vocals. Exactly. They don't remember that she just exactly. kind of talks, sings. Yes. Um, um, big girls don't like, cry. I mean, yeah. 
I was going, I was going big state, big girls don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Because I'm, what, what is it, glamorous. Oh my god, glamorous, glamorous. that song is yeah. fucked up on so many levels you know because what? she has a lot of hits. She does have a lot of hits, so that's why when they were like Fergie, they were like, okay, we've all okay. signed up for I the, Fer- we were all part of the Fergie parade, the Fergie brigade. We were all there. We all danced along. It was you, you were in the clubs dancing to my hums to Fergalicious. Yeah, but I was for my birthday party. <laughs> On that playlist, I was there at many a party when the dance was happening. If you ain't got no money, take your broke <laughs> ass home. Which is weird, because who told her that? Who told her that? Who? Her well, daddy. She's like, and then my oh, daddy, daddy told said, me, oh. if you ain't got no money, take your broke ass home. I'm like, what is going on? She's trying to communicate that something fucked up. I'm that new emoji with its brain exploded because I didn't realize that. Oh, I always thought that was weird and everybody was just dancing around. There's a lot of weird things that happen when Fergie's singing. There's a lot of weird things like when he's like, mix your milk with my cocoa puffs. Milky, milky cocoa. That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, that's disgusting. It's the part where you stop dancing on the dance floor and then he stops all that nonsense and then you're back at it. You're back at it. I know. Oh, milky my cocoa. It's weird. Well, if you ain't got no money, take your broke ass home. Speaking of hip hop and artists, yes, I think you've got something to say about some hip hop artists, hip hop artists, and black athletes. I do. Oh, shall we get on over? Oh, let's get on over to your corner. Okay, let's go. Wicked Wild West, Jim West, Desperado. Yeah, the, of all songs. And I know. Of all the hip hop songs. <laughs> you think that that's one? where I go. I know. That's a weird. It's weird. I wish I could you know have gone. What? Oh okay. man. A hip hop, hip it, hit it, hip hip, a hop and don't care to stop it in a bang bang boogie in a bang. I'm trying to save this. You're almost close. You're like a smith. You you know what you are with that song just then? You yeah. were like the dollar store version of that song. I, where it was like just a little bit off enough where you can get it past the <laughs> Yeah, no one's come after me, no lawsuits over here. No lawsuits, no. Here I go, here I go, here I go. Again, girls, what's my weakness? Information. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So, this topic came up when I was talking to a fan of the show and past guest, Carla Lee. Go listen to her episode. She's doing great things with Nice Tan Comedy. Go follow Nice Tan Comedy on Instagram, Venmo, all of that. I'm in it. Not Venmo. The, you want that money? money you guys better follow a Nikki on Venmo <laughs> no. and say while you're at it, send no. her a few dollars. No. I want to start every show that I'm on from now on. I'm gonna always give people follow my me Venmo. On Venmo. <laughs> I'm gonna give people my Venmo handle all the time. You never know; they might just throw you some dollars. So yeah, okay, they might start requesting money from me. I don't trust that shit. Uh. Uh-uh. On Vimeo. Oh, that, Vimeo. that. Okay. You are also on Venmo, too, so they can yeah, find I, you there. Well, don't find me on there. Don't do it. I'm not going to approve that I want that money. <laughs> no. Everybody knows I'm I'm more stingy with my social media approval, too. Yeah, I'm like, you won't give out your Instagram, but you'll give out your Venmo account. I know. Like, who's this bitch? Um, so, I was talking to Carla Lee, 
And I don't, maybe she'll let, I'm sure she'll be fine with me. Mentioning. Yeah, spill the beans. She's, she is currently, um, she was going to this Google, um, like, what is it? Like, it's a, it's black people uh, and people of color who work at Google and she has connections to Google, um, where it's like a kind of event. Mm. It's like a diversity event for Google, which Ooh, is kind of cool. Because, and necessary. Yeah, because Google, I think, only has 2% of its employees are black. Yeah. So, anyway, so she we were talking about that. It was kind of cool. She sent me... And um, which we make up 13% of the population. So that exactly. is... Exactly. That's the problem right mm-hmm, there. We're missing mm-hmm. 11%. So, mm-hmm. she sent me the itinerary, and it looked really cool. A lot of guest speakers coming to talk. Um that I thought were really kind of interesting and fascinating. And then me being the asshole that I am, I was like, why is Chameleonaire in there? Ooh, you know, and I can always calling it out. Who this? Why they're there? Hmm. Remember Chameleonaire? I vaguely do. Oh, was that? Dirty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was before after Superman. Before? Before, before. Yeah. Yeah. One hit wonder, and I was like, what the fuck is up with this? But, turns out... He's a chameleonaire. Well, yeah. He (laughs) took his one hit wonder money, and he became um, like a multi-million dollar investor. That is smart. See, Cisco could have been taking a page out of his book, right? Exactly. Right. So that like made me think like and also Carla like mentioned you should do this maybe for the podcast. Look into it. Who and here you are. These, yeah, I'm doing it. All <laughs> these hip hop artists and black athletes who actually um, decided to go off on their own. I love and this. Their own Mr. Monopoly type. Ooh, I'm going to take notes. In terms of venture capitalism and investment and just being, you know, what you would normally imagine old rich white guys with a lot of money like old money they are now becoming investors and opening up gateways for other people to yeah invested and have backing and it's just fascinating to me so it also breaks the stereotype of oh the athlete oh the broke hip-hop star mm-hmm. oh only black people can get money through entertainment mm-hmm. no so I thought that this was kind of a cool story to kind of tackle. So I'm going to go over some um, hip-hop artists and black athletes who found success in investments in venture, venture capitalism. I am excited to hear about this list. Okay, cool. There's not, I, I tried to pick from people that wouldn't be too obvious. Too. Sure. So the first one I'm going to go into, Chameleonaire. Ah, so the man who started is, it all. Who started it, started my journey. His real name is Hakeem Sariki um, and goes by Chameleonaire. The online media company that he invested in, Maker Studio, was acquired by Disney for $500 million in 2014. Damn. Him and I yeah. technically work for the same company. Oh, I know. It's true. Yeah. Um, well, his, his company was acquired by. So oh, I see. He sold it. He got, oh, you know, he's he like, I'm out. Million. Take yeah. this money. Take That's this money, awesome. Bye. What did his company um, do? Well, I'm going to get into all of this. Oh, okay. So, um, also, his say, say Now, a communication service he advised, 
um, got acquired by Google in 2010. He's currently an entrepreneur in residence at Upfront Ventures, a venture capitalist firm based in Los Angeles. He has raised $1.5 million for startup X Empire, a Twitter-like offering with live streaming built in. Um, and the platform is currently in stealth mode, which means that it's getting developed. Sure. So, just for background, venture capitalists, venture capitalists for anybody who's watched Shark Tank, mm. that it's the person, it's, it's, it's someone with a lot of money that puts money behind um, certain businesses, startups, um, things, and they get a percentage of it. So they help lift it off the ground while getting a percentage. So therefore, they are getting money back. It's almost kind of like a person functioning as like a bank. Mm. And um, venture capitalist firms are big companies that do this. So normally when you think of venture capitalists, think about like Shark Tank. Like, you know, when people go and present on the on the TV show, like, I'm, I'm selling my wares. Will you give me 10%? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, y'all, I'll give you you know 500,000 for 10%. And then the other guys like, "No, I'll give you 100,000 for 50%." And they're exactly. like, "Okay, here's my lotion." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my lotion that smells that's, like cucumbers and keeps your skin hydrated for 24 hours. That's what mine would be. Cucumber you know, show. You got to add Com- a little bit Combustion. I'm a Shark Tank watcher, so yeah. In the tank, you really got to sell the sharks. But Ooh. so somebody like Mark Cuban, um Damon Dash, who did Fubu, is on there. All yeah, these who rich, Damon rich Dash has a podcast. Plugity plug, plug, plug. He has a podcast. I mm-hmm. uh, called something about hustle. I'll find out in a second. Um, but it's a really dope sort of like entrepreneurial type podcast, and it's uh, mm-hmm. which I'm really into. And there's not a lot of them by like I don't know. There's a lot of like white guys doing those sort of yeah. podcasts. So it's, it's great good. to hear from him. Hear and he yeah, interviews people like uh, I think he interviewed Chameleon Air actually on one of the episodes. I'm telling you. Chameleonaire is hot right now in the investment field. It's amazing. So, um, his quote: He loved tech and played, like played with tech a lot while he was developing. You know, still a chameleonaire in hip hop. Um, and he understood the importance of building a direct to consumer relationship with his target audience, as well as measuring metrics such as engagement and returning customers. So smart businessman. Fans were so engaged with um, the th- his products, they were getting tattoos, creating artwork in their bedroom, and even wedding cakes had his logo on it. Um, wow. So this technique that he used is called ga- gamification. It's when you apply methods that you would normally use to create a fan base with like a game, like a, you know, um, uh, online game or a mm-hmm. cell phone game, mm-hmm. but for non-gaming apps. So basically kind of like drumming up a fan base for an app that isn't a game Mm. and he did that beautifully to the point where he is more successful than jessica alba with her honest company which is like you know cleaning supplies and makeup and they're super healthy for the environment yes and he's more successful than ashton kutcher who is also known as being like a big investment capitalist person who has um airbnb in his portfolio yeah so chameleon air is above both of them ashton kutcher has actually even been on shark tank he has yeah so that means that like chameleon air is better than that guy um he lived up to his name he was like my name's gonna be chameleon air and then he fucking did it he secreted that shit he did. He's I'm a fucking an, chameleon millionaire. I'm going to um, be call myself James Trillionaire and see what happens. Go. Well, I'm down for that. I'll start calling you Trilly now. Um, yeah, so, call me Trilly for the rest yeah. of the <laughs> Um 
So he's also, this is why I'm really into Chameleon Air right now is because he's super vocal about creating a pipeline for founders and investors of diverse backgrounds. Mm. Um, this is his quote. In addition to sitting in on pitch meetings, he's been, um, I've been having meetings of my own telling friends about venture capitalism and entrepreneurship. I want to spread the word that artists no longer have to bend the knee to major labels. With the right investments and ideas, they can claim ownership for themselves. I love mm. it. Do mm. it for yourself. Don't trust the. Don't be like trust the man. Be the man. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how like you know, Blackfoot have been like we've been screwed so much by industry. And what mm-hmm. I love about this list of entrepreneurs that you're reading is that like, I mean, like a lot of these people, like the current man who's sitting in the White House, he had mm-hmm. a leg up. You know, he was right. really born into like a rich like. If that's one less thing that you don't have to worry about is food and shelter, that allows your brain to be able to work in other capacities and to do other things and I feel like most of the time especially like especially for POC people when you come from a family Mm -hmm. who worked your ass off for things like you just continue that momentum right exactly it's so true okay second up is Nas what yeah you can hate me now dun 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 yeah you can hate me now so Nas aka Nasir Jones oh Um, that's where that comes from yeah that's a beautiful name Uh, yeah, I like Nasir. Um, him and his manager, Anthony Saleha, have made a fortune as Silicon Valley investors backing tech startups ranging from Lyft to Dropbox. Now Nas has announced that he's a part of a $4 million seed round in Brooklyn-based food stamp startup, Propel, which makes the app fresh EBT. Nas, I like that because it's like he's giving back to the community. Yeah. that are going to give back to the community. That's um, amazing. Nas invests both personally and through his venture fund, Queensbridge Venture Partners. And Queensbridge is named after the projects that he grew up in. Wow. Um, They have invested in 119 companies since 2011. These include two rounds of funding for um, Brooklyn-based company Genius, which a lot of people know as um, Rap Genius, where you can look for um, lyrics to rap songs. I use Ooh. it. Yeah. The technology allows users to copy any article on the internet, highlight sections of it, and offer context, opinions, and reactions right in the text themselves. It's pretty dope. Um, so Queens Bridge Venture Partners typically invest a um, hundred, 100,000 to 500,000 and companies early seed rounds. So fucking Nas is doing it. Yeah, I did not. I was wondering what happened to Nas. Nas is doing shit, James or Trilly. (laughs) Trilly, you calm your ass down. Nas is doing his own thing. Nas is doing a lot. (laughs) Nas is doing big money shit. Yeah. Okay, so this one's more. This one's fun. Um, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Okay. I'm. You know what? I, before you even say anything, I'm not surprised because I you know, know he's around. You know what Snoop Dogg was doing? He was investing into pop music for a good while. He was popping yes. up into everybody's song. It was no matter yeah. who you were, Pussycat right. Dolls, uh, Jessica Alba, Jessica Jones. <laughs> he's doing it. But like normally, you think of Snoop Dogg and you're like, oh yeah, he's popping up in songs. He's a rap guy. He's also with like you know martha stewart right now with their show oh, yeah like right. all of that but he is a savvy investor as well mm. so um snoop dog aka calvin cordozar brought us well that's what that name is okay i know, <laughs> I know it's like i never I knew it. i feel like i'm really getting to know all these people on a different level of course during black history month uh, yes. wakanda appreciation month i mean yes. of course of course okay so 
He obviously is rap's most well-known weed advocate. Mm. But he raised $25 million and founded his own cannabis-focused venture fund called Casa Verde Capital. Through this venture fund, Snoop has backed many cannabis-related startups, including Mary Jane, a media site he co-founded for the cannabis lifestyle, Leaves by Snoop, pot packaging provided by, um, let's see, Leaves by Snoop, pot packaging provided by Funk Sack, and marijuana delivery service Ease. This helped Snoop um, land Snoop on Business Insider's list of 22 most active celebrity startup investors. Wow. Um, but it's not only weed, too. Snoop's portfolio includes investments in caffeine, um, another growth sector. He's also invested in the chain Phil's Coffee, which I've heard of. Oh, and yeah. there's. I've been to a Phil's Coffee. There's plenty. Especially yeah. there, a lot of them, and there's quite a few on the West Coast in San Francisco, too. Yeah, there's a lot over here. Um, he also backs social media site Reddit and um, sports content startup Game On and commission-free stock buying platform Robinhood, which also Nas is an investor in as well. Hmm. So he's got his, his fingers into a lot of things. He right is now. doing more than just rapping on some Katy Perry tracks. Exactly. And you know what he's doing? He's taking that money and he's investing. You know what? That's why he was doing all those goddamn pop songs with the Pussycat Dolls and Katy Perry. He was like, I need some money to invest. Yeah, I'll do your song. And now I'm putting that as seed money for all these other <laughs> things I want to make. Yeah. Exactly. Um, here's your favorite person. Oh, a little bit God. of milk it's in your Cocoa Puffs. Oh, <laughs> Will I Am. Okay. Hey, hey. Will AKA the... William James Adams. The most boring name ever. Not but... a surprise. <laughs> not as like, it's not as big of a reveal when you go from like Calvin hey, to James Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I'm James everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Especially here. Especially Must here. be an American born person. They have a James in their name. So, Will I Am has backed everything from Israeli tech firm Shell a New Group, a technology incubator and venture builder, to Austin-based startup Honest Dollar, offers a platform for small businesses to begin offering retirement benefits to employees, which is really important and awesome. Yeah. Um, um, it, that actually has just been acquired by Goldman Sachs in 2016. Wow. But... He's also helped land, um, he's also been on Business Insider's list of 22 most active celebrity startup investors. Um, most recently, he took on the title of creative director at Intel. Wow, um, what? Yeah, and founding um, a fashion tech company, I Am Plus, in 2013. So he's doing shit. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I know. Milky, milky Cocoa Puffs. He is doing more than just milking those Cocoa Puffs. I bet (laughs) Fergie's going to be knocking on his door looking for a paycheck coming up soon. (laughs) She's like, oh, boom, ba doom. Hey, where I am. Can you get me a check for myself? Adam fucked up the song. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to get to the athlete. Well, here's one athlete. Okay. Who it is? Shaquille O'Neal. I had a weird sex dream about him when I was a kid. Not a kid, but like I was a teenager. And (laughs) it always stuck on me. I never... It's weird. Like There's certain dreams that really stick with you, and that one really did. We're on the set of The Tonight Show. (laughs) Oh, all right. 
that was a detour into interesting. Every time um, I see him, that's what I think about. I'm like, oh, my sex right. dream. Okay, so it was really big. His name, aka Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, um, that's what that is. Yeah, he. <laughs> He amassed a vast portfolio of investments that began with pre-IPO shares in Google, Apple, and General Electric, which is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, that's like, come on. So he has that, and then he also has ownership of 150 car washes, 20, 20 Krispy Kremes, oh my a God. handful of Las Vegas clubs, as well as Uber and Lyft, both pre-IPO stock. And O'Neill also told Yahoo Finance that he once owned more than 155 Five Guy restaurants and 40 24-hour fitness gyms before he sold them. Wow. Just, I think, things that he likes. Like, Shaquille O'Neal loves a yeah. good car wash. He loves some donuts. He loves a burger. And he loves to go to but the gym smart. and a nightclub. I think it's, it's brilliant. Things that, like, people are going to, like, not having to reinvent the wheel. Just, like, yeah, what's yes. already, what already works. And he, Smart man. Um, and people always play him dumb, which is like, no, Mm-mm. this guy is very smart. This is a quote from him. Okay, he goes, first of all, I listen to everybody's pitch. I like to look in your, lo- your eyes. I like to listen to the passion in your voice. I try to understand what it is. You have to demonstrate that it works. I know I'm getting all the credit, and it's cool, but you can never win championships without your team. And the greatest of leaders are the, the ones smart enough to hire people smarter than them. I got a lot of unknown, unfamous superstars in my squad. We make a decision on whether we're going to invest or not, but it's about having a great team. Mm, that makes sense. Like, I makes sense. I was thinking that I was like, I bet he and I think a lot of these people have surrounded themselves with really smart mm-hmm. people to be on their team. I and like, I, I'm just, I'm really, and what I love is that he's making all of this, like, you know, money and and supporting all these different like uh, businesses, and he's doing it without the help of privatized prisons. Michael Jordan, exactly, exactly. Hello. Doing him right, doing him Michael well. Jordan, who invested into uh, one of the private, I think it uh, the ACC or what are the I forget the name of the private prison company that he invested. Well, I don't in. even want to give him time right now because we got one more to go, mm. and this one is a Bay Area favorite. It is MC Hammer. Yay! Oh wow! You know yeah. what? I did not realize he was still alive. Yep, <laughs> he's still alive. Good MC for Hammer. him. Break AKA down that name for me. A.K.A. Stanley Kirk Burrell. Didn't see that coming. All right. So MC Hammer, um, a lot of people kind of think of him as like the, the rapper that lost all his money because he did have to. I think he had to claim bankruptcy in the r- late 90s mm. or early 2000s. Um, but he actually has been in the meantime. He's been a respected entrepreneur, investor, and advisor with a reputation as a savvy early adopter of new technology. Wow. He uh, was like, he, learned his mistake the first time and then yeah, never like, again. Yeah, going to do this the smart way. He founded two tech companies. He advised and invested in a dozen or so startups and is actively involved in tech conferences. Among the musicians' investments are contact sharing app Bump Technology, mobile pay, payment company Square, which Ooh. is huge. Yeah. It's not Venmo, and, but which Aneke wants you to follow her yeah. on. But but I mean, like you go to any like restaurant or startup business, they all use Square. They yeah. really do. Oh so, my God. Like, yeah. When I had my dance company, I use Square. Yeah. Thanks, MC. I know. 
Um, and the magazine app Flipboard. So, I mean, we really have to think about, like, proper, like, if you really want to make that money, if you really mm. are going off of that James Nolan, you know, words of wisdom that we gave you last episode. Was that last episode? Yeah, it was just last week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then you, like, think about once you start making that money, think about smart investments. Think about mm. creating that money. That's going to give you that passive income where you just put it into something and it grows and becomes the garden of money that you can just pluck from and live off to and give to your children. Yeah. Well, and also to like, like what I love about this is that there are other black people with money who are who are doing stuff with it, you know? Right. And so to me, sometimes like I've been a little intimidated with starting my own business because it seems like there are these, you know, I didn't go to the Ivy Leagues or I didn't go to the Silicon Valley schools or or whatnot and it it, it seems like you have access to people within our own community who are who there is money there is money within our own community and there are people who are doing great stuff with it so like if you've got a dream go ahead mc hammer's got your back who he he was the first concert i went to oh check that out i was five years old i fell asleep you were young you were really young um there are black people that are willing to invest in your thing, so don't be afraid to go out there and try and find a venture capitalist that will suit your needs for investment. So also for all of you hip-hop artists that listen to our podcast. All of them. You out there. There's at least Don't forget, you Nelly. can maintain your wealth by investing as mm. well. So. And that's a smart way to do it. Yeah, so now I am ready to go to your corner. I believe you got a Quizlet for me. I got a Quizlet. And okay, we're talking about where black folks are doing so great now, making millions of dollars. But before we yes. got here to the new lands of America and we're making millions of dollars, there was slavery. So we're going to oh. go back in time. We're going to literally go okay. onto the opposite side of the spectrum here. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Quizlet corner, Quizlet corner, Quizlet, 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 Quizlet corner. Let's talk about slaves. All right. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about slavery this week. Let's and you know, it. I realized in over 100 plus episodes, I have not really done an in-depth look at slavery. Um, and I, I feel like personally, like a lot of times, like I have like i have a not not a huge desire to talk about slavery mm-hmm. because usually that's the only narratives that we ever see in hollywood but after seeing wakanda the epic film yeah. uh, that is in existence it made me feel okay and safe to go and explore this history it made me okay. want to tap further into these roots um because i feel like in the same way like you know there's so many you know uh holocaust museums and there's so much information that i feel like people talk about with the holocaust and i feel like with slavery it's still kind of america's dirt little secret uh-huh. uh, we kind of for myself I feel like in my upbringing there was a chapter I don't I didn't retain a lot of information and it might have been because it's very traumatic for me as a black person to talk about and have to think about yeah. uh, but I now feel in a safe space because of this great movie mm. um, to be able to go back and explore this and, and I think it's important for us to go back and look at our history and maybe you know a lot about the slave trade so we're going to quiz you and see how much you know yeah, I mean, what I was just going to say is that there's, I think that there's several different perspectives, and I lucked out growing up with two parents that were very back to Africa movement in mm. the 80s, and it mm-hmm. was distilled. But on the flip side, school, like you said, barely touched it. 
didn't want yeah. to touch it with a 10-foot pole. So. Well, and in fact, there are some schools where, like, they're literally doing reconstruction history where there's some schools where they've omitted, they they, they omitted mm-hmm. uh, the African slave trade and they just called it the triangular trade. Which is stupid. So, it's important for us to be able to know our history Hello? and all of its gory detail. Um, I'm also surprised there's not a slavery museum in the U.S. that I'm aware of. Liverpool has one. There but is. There's, n- there's <coughs> actually... Um, <coughs> The new African, the new museum in Washington. In Washington D.C., which has is several stories. If you mm-hmm. go on the first floor, it goes four stories up. But know that I had a friend of mine who's like, "Oh, they didn't talk about slavery in this museum." He started Ow. on what he thought was the first. Yeah, yeah. it starts on the bottom. You got to yeah. go down four floors. Yeah. Yeah, started from the bottom. Now we're here, and then also mm. there's a wax museum that is terrifying. That, uh, this American Life, I believe, did a story on. I forget where it's at, but apparently it is one of the most scariest fucking things ever. But they have like a slave ship with wax slave people and all of that. So there needs to be more, though. There definitely needs oh. to be more. There's also there's a Moad here. So there's the Museum of, of African Diaspora in San Francisco. Mm. Go yeah. check that out, everyone. All right, quiz time. So, how many Africans were shipped out in slavery from the continent between the period of 1525 and 1866? A, 6.4 million. Okay, yes. B, not all of them will be multiple choice, Ah, so you just get ready. Hopefully your parents distilled some of this information down into you. (laughs) A, 6.4 million. B, 22.3 22.3 million, C, 8.4 million, or D, 12.5 million? 6.4? According to the Transatlantic Slave Trade Database, the answer is 12.5 wow. million. That's a lot and, of people, everyone. And of those, just about 10.7 million managed to live through the horrific journey known as the Middle Passage. And uh, the United States, on the other hand, received about 450,000 Africans. Can I pause Uh, you for a second? Yeah. I want people to really grapple with what you just said, that literally 2 million people died in the process of transporting people from Africa, the continent, going to lay that on there, to the different parts of the slave trade. Um, Yep. So I, I, that's a lot. Can you imagine two million people? Yeah. Just- well, Amir Baraka said at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, there's a railroad made of human bones. Mm. That's a beautiful, terrifying, truthful statement. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next question. You did not get that one right, but I it's th- all in good love here. I feel hmm? like every one of these questions is going to... We need to be more solemn now because... Mm, yeah, there's nothing. This is just information here. Yeah. So um, the slave trade began because, A, Europeans lacked one major resource, a workforce. B, Europeans were unsuited to the climate and suffered under tropical diseases. C, Africans were excellent workers. They had had often experiences of agriculture, keeping cattle, were used to a tropical climate and resistant to tropical diseases and were hard working as fuck. Mm -hmm. D, all of the above and then some. D. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. all of those, all those reasons. Um, in fact, I oh, actually, I'm not going to get into that fact yet, but put a pin into that. Put a pin about, in it. We're going to put a pin into it and come back to that. Um, true or false? Slavery was new to Africa. Oh, that's false. Mm, yeah. Um, so Africans had been treated as slaves for centuries, um, reaching uh, through through different forms too. I actually didn't how to piece this together, but Africans have also been treated uh, through slavery via the Islamic run, uh, the Trans-Saharan run trade routes as well. Um, so you literally had both christianity sort of led countries and islamic countries as well like mm-hmm. literally going in and taking out the resources and the people of this continent yeah um cool. yeah so uh and there were different types of slavery as well there were uh ch- i pronounced the chattel slavery mm-hmm. chattel slavery chattel. uh debt bondage forced mm-hmm. labor mm-hmm. and uh serfdom yes. um as well mm-hmm. um do you know what the three stages of the triangular slave trade were Oh, God. Now we're really getting into my old brain. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So the, you get like 10 points if you know this. I'm not going to get it, but this is just okay. a guess. So, I, okay. So there's Africa, and then from Africa, there's the Caribbean, which is also the sugar. And mm-hmm. then, oh, God. I can see it. I see it in my in my eyes, but I I guess I forget. I know that there's sugar involved. Is mm. there? I, do they? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Well, the first stage of the trade involved taking the manufactured goods from Europe to Africa. So they'd take the cloth, the spirit, uh, the spirit, the tobacco, beads, yes. uh, metal goods, guns, guns, which were also used for them to be able to all of these European countries to be able to expand their empires there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these goods were then exchanged for Africans. Uh. And so then the second stage, um, which was the Middle Passage, which, like you said, was going over to the Caribbean and the right. new lands of the Americas, right. uh, both the South America and uh, North America that involves shipping the slaves to the Americas and then the third and final stage of the trade involved the return to Europe uh, with the cotton the sugar tobacco molasses and rum which Uh, were all produced there in uh, all these different plantations and so uh, what made this trade so profitable is at every point there was a new something to be gained from from that and the whole entire uh, reason and that's the thing going back to that they needed uh, there was labor. They wanted, right. they needed this labor to be able to mine this new land that was so untapped mm-hmm. with all of this like rich resources. So true. So that was good. Who started the triangular trade? Which European country started the triangular trade? Uh-huh. Was it A, the Portuguese, mm-hmm. B, the Brits, mm-hmm. C, the Spaniards, D, the French, um, or I uh, D E sorry my lettering got uh, E the Dutch mm-hmm. or F the Danish. I'm pretty sure it's the Brits with the East Indian Trading Company, right? Or is it the Danish? I am so glad we are doing this quiz because we are here to learn oh, today. I am not good. It is the Portuguese. Oh, so I knew it. Damn 
Portuguese, and these are actually like my my people. My, I don't even know. My grandfather is what 100% Portuguese. He born and raised in Ma- Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, the Portuguese, they're crazy. Um. They had a monopoly on the export of slaves from Africa, and they were actually the last Europe, European country to abolish um abolish it. It's estimated that during the four and a half centuries. Of the transatlantic slave trade, Portugal was and Portugal responsible for transporting over 4.5 million Africans. And here's the thing: the Portuguese went down to Africa looking for gold, but they found something else instead. And by the 1500s, had already traded around uh, 81,000 Africans to Europe uh, by near nearby Atlantic islands um, and also selling them to, to Muslim merchants in Africa as well. This is crazy! Um, yeah, so the Portuguese made up, uh, but they about, they were responsible about 40% of uh, those uh, 12 million uh, Africans that were traded. Mm. The Brits were responsible. Uh, the Brits sent about 18% uh, to uh, America. Mm. Uh, the Northern America, Spanish Empire had about 17%. The French Americas had about 13%. Mm. Um Oh, I'm sorry. This says British America. Ah, sorry. I'm reverting that. British America minus North America. So not including our country. British America... Yes, they, they had about 18%. So they were the the 18% of the triangular trade. But to British North America, only about 6% of the slave of those 12 million slaves uh, went to the new lands of uh, our North America that we are talking about here. Interesting. Um, and the Dutch uh, had about 2% and the Danish about 0.3%. But you still had it. So yeah, you still, not... you're, don't get a reprieve. One, James, mm. can I pause you for a second? Yeah. I'm so glad you're doing this because me and my cocky ass am like being brought to the floor. Like I grew up like thinking that I knew all this, but clearly I didn't and it lost my my lost in my brain. So yeah, I'm glad that you're doing this because we all need to be periodically reminded about this stuff and learn about it. it. It's something that I thought, I think we like, we all kind of like, oh, we get it. We know what happened, but it's just, I, I don't, not in the same way. I feel like I know so much about what happened in World War II, but when it comes to this thing that existed for four and a half centuries, I do not know enough information right. about this. That's a long um, ass time. People don't and get I f- that. And I feel like because of this this movie with Black Panther, it's made it a safe homecoming where I now feel like I can go back yes. and explore that because I, you know, it just feels like it's a full circular sort of moment, yes, you know? Yes, I hear you. Uh, just a little fact, there are five times as many Africans arrived in the American, Americas than Europeans. So there is a lot of slaves five there. Times? Yeah, slaves were needed on the plantations uh, for for mines, and the majority and majority were shipped to Brazil, and which yeah. I never really think about. Yeah, you go you to know, Brazil and it is black. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I uh, and again that that they have their own sort of issues that are going down there as oh, well yeah. in terms of like colorism and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so yeah, less than five percent traveled to North America uh, to to our you know country of America there. Um, how did the Europeans obtain most of their slaves? Do you know? Uh, like by trading, by they traded. So like, um, I don't think that they captured. It was it was through um, trading through like different kingdoms and 
who had slaves themselves, right? Something like that? Yep. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, it was along the west coast of Africa. And it was with, like you said, they were essentially just trading with the kings and merchants who already had. The slavery was already in, 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 in existence. Now, I would not normally, I would not say, again, so much history has been lost, but not to like the horrific, and again, slavery is bad. Yes. So it's also like, I want to take a moment to side-eye human beings on a global level. Yeah, that's, yes. Like, what you doing, you, humans? What are you doing? Doing. This is like <laughs> terrible, but like there were certain, uh, and I'm not trying to like excuse it, but it wasn't like the slavery that happened in the new lands of America's were just fucking horrific because yeah. weren't even treated as anything remotely as human because they weren't even thought of as as human, exactly. and there was no real way to work your way out of if there was a debt, you know, with some right. of these forms of slavery. And again, not excusing it, but like. There is, I, I, I'm just trying to combat that, like, oh, well, they already had it. Yeah, but it wasn't at the same right. level of what. And it's also, let's look at how it has shaped our country. Because yeah. the slavery that happened here in America was literally a group of people that were brought here to be a subservient class, not even considered human, 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 human. And those repercussions are still affecting us to this. Yeah. Time. Well, and then what they would also do is they would then uh, get the other groups, the other you know countries and tri- and tribes to to fight amongst themselves. So they literally came down to the continent to wreak fucking havoc and literally yeah. just rape and pillage. I've talked to this about this before, but I remember seeing this map of the entire world and inside Africa there was this giant ditch that everything had been dug out, and on top of yes. Europe there's all these like gold coins and riches and on top of the US there's all these gold coins and riches and Africa is left right. with nothing literally exactly. it's the people it's resources everything was just taken um, which part of Africa did slaves come from A uh, Senegambia B South okay. Africa C Morocco D Kenya E windward the windward coast you can choose as many as you think well, I know that it's mostly West Africa. Okay. So, um, I guess the Windward Coast and Senegambia, Sena, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, that you're, one. you're right. Both of them. <laughs> you won. Those are the two. Senegambia and the Yay. Windward Coast. Yeah, you're right. Um, and Senegambia includes, um, oof, I'm not going to read these names because I am going to butcher them. I'm sorry, my ancestors Look and people. But we'll link the article. I'm like, mm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Um, but po- read the article it's in the show but notes. I will say South Africa did actually have its own slavery again they were not exported to anywhere else but colonizers mm-hmm. uh, yeah had, I mean South Africa is very different and it had uh, some horrific slavery like uh, things that were happening uh, from 1680 to 1795 an average of one slave was executed in Cape Town each month and the decaying corpse oh, yeah, would just be rehung around town to act as a deterrent to other slaves the fuck? Yeah. Ugh, disgusting. Um, we've already kind of talked about this. I uh, maybe you'll see. It's almost like a review for the quiz. Half of all slaves were taken and brought to which country? Out of the uh, ten million that made it to the new lands of Americas, or to the not? Oh no! I out of the ten million that were shipped out of the continent that uh, remained alive, mm-hmm. half of them were brought to where? 
uh, Brazil. Yep, there it is. There it is. Ooh, 1850. In which northern state here in the New Lands of Americas, in which northern state did black folks continue to live in bondage just more than a decade before the Civil War kicked off in 1861? So 1850, this northern state. Oh, you want? Do you want a hint? Had had slaves. Still allowed slavery. Slavery was still a thing. In the north. It was in the north. What's the hint? Uh, well, no. You just actually. I'm okay. not gonna give you a hint. I just realized. I was like, Anaki knows okay. what northern states are. There's. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's like I don't have. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. Um. God, it's a toss up between two. Okay. What are you thinking? I'm thinking either Pennsylvania or New York. Mmm, interesting. Which, what is your, Olivia Pope this? Pennsylvania. There it is. There it is. Yeah! She's wearing her oh, white I hat. Be excited about I that. know. I really be excited but about no, that. it's more like you. Really? I know. It's a weird I've thing. Got it. I, know, I clap I know for you. Answer. But like, <laughs> it means you know something. And you know what? Your black yeah. ancestors are just, they love how smart you are. So I mean, I they, was talking some major games. So I at least had to give one thing. Sort of so <laughs> uh, do you want, which state do you think was the first state to abolish slavery in the North? New York. No, it was Vermont. So in 1777, oh. Vermont was not fucking around. They got liberated. I'm gonna get some maple syrup and enjoy. Like so, 1776, liberated. You know, we were liberated from Britain, right? Uh, yeah. 1777, Vermont's like, we're done with the slavery shit. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> 27 yeah, I know 27 years I mean I'm like I, I just like to think of like old man Bernie Sanders back then just like you know yeah, leading like, the no. charge <laughs> wearing a trifle yeah so 27 years later all of the northern states vowed to outlaw slavery but slavery continued to be protected uh, practiced in the north um and, and especially in in Pennsylvania and that's because the northern states implemented legislation that made slavery's ab- abolition gradual rather than immediate. So I just like to like also keep us keep a side eye at the north. I think we try they like we they get very high and mighty about like ooh you know slavery right. in the south, but like they just had different laws as well. I mean, some of the most segregated schools in the country still to date are here in the north. So yep, it's so true. So I mean, we all need to look at ourselves and no one gets a pass nope in what year you're gonna get four options here and what year did congress ban the african slave trade was it a 1807 b 1861 c 1956 d <laughs> 1907 oh. you never know a congress i know you really never know a congress <laughs> I'm going to say 1861. Oh, I could see why you would think that. Civil War, da da da. It was yeah, 1807. No. Here's the interesting thing about this. So the 18 or eight, 19? 1807, right? But oh, the Civil War okay. wasn't until the 1860s, right? So you're like, right, but what? Right. So the African Congress bans the African slave trade in the year 1807. Great Britain, Great Britain did the same that year. South Car- mm-hmm. So South Carolina was the only state up until that point that hadn't made the slave trade illegal. Um, mm. Trading slaves, 
but and so so essentially what it made is they're like okay we're not going to import any more slaves from Africa but it didn't matter because at that point more yeah we got hella people here exactly anyway, so. so four million mm-hmm. slaves already lived in the U.S. and part of the original um, conversation around the Constitution was the North wanted to stop doing the African slave trade I would probably think like those are like oh we have to send ships and it costs money and resources and da da da, da. exactly more yeah. so from that sort of a standpoint um, and yeah, then it was money, it, not people. yeah and it was agreed upon that they would revisit it in 20 years and that's exactly what happened they wanted just mm. to pass the constitution they revisited it in 20 years and South Carolina was the only state at that point that hadn't made the slave trade illegal all of their states had already done it they were already mm. stopping the import so really by Congress doing that it really wasn't that big of a thing because most states weren't even doing it anyways and trade of African slaves still continued until the 1860s to Latin and Central America and Brazil and Cuba yeah. So. See, and I don't, I don't even want to give people a pass for thinking that it's okay. It's, ooh, it's great that they put this no African slave trade because there still were slaves, and the only reason that they could do that was because there was a whole class of working people. And yeah, they knew that they could just like, oh, we'll just keep breeding them, which yep. sounds so gross, but that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and they didn't have to worry about transporting people through boats like yeah. you said it's money it's yeah not people well and i was also really you know through doing this research to kind of put a, i feel like more the picture of slavery got clearer for me um because yeah. that's why there were so many going to there wasn't a lot necessarily going back to europe there weren't a lot of slaves because they already had they already had pay they already had servants and servitude and all that sort of stuff yeah what they just mm-hmm. needed were just fucking laborers so it goes back to the first question let the europeans were like we can't do this fucking work we're not gonna do it we're sick we're too right. weak we're too tired so mm-hmm. they needed all this labor because they went over to america and they're like oh we need to literally pillage this land for all of its resources last one last one so this one is a bit of a a more recent one so in 18 well not really in 1896 in 1896 (laughs) well it's like not 1600s uh in 1896 this african country was celebrated across the globe for defeating the italian army in the battle of ottawa making it the literal wakanda of its day as the last to persevere on the continent free from colonialism. Was it... Ethiopia. Oh, she just went all the way in. Yeah, it was (laughs) Ethiopia. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was Ethiopia. It was, yeah. And, you know, then, so then in the 1930s, uh, Mussolini then invaded Ethiopia. Uh, But what happened during that time period, Depression era black Americans and West Indians scrapped together pennies to send to to the country uh, that they had never even visited, but they were like, this is our last stronghold against, you know, fucking Europe. And then John Robinson, who we may have talked about on on this podcast, you know about John Robinson? Hmm. Maybe we didn't. Before. Full Frontal did a full uh, piece on him, but John Robinson, uh, essentially, he helped start the Tuskegee Airmen program. He learned how to become a fighter pilot, and like he himself went over to help the Ethiopians, and he somehow smuggled all these different planes over there as well. But they only had like five planes to like Italy's like hundreds or whatnot. Um, And but he somehow also like still survived, and then came back all the way to the U.S. and helped start the Tuskegee Airmen. Wow, I love it. I yeah. love it. Do you want to know how I know? How? Well, because, like you said, um, like, West Indian countries and stuff pulled all their money together to, like, you know, help. Basically, Ethiopia kind of 
created the Rastafarian movement in Jamaica. Oh. Um, that's why they like um, Selassie. They like pray to like King Selassie because it's like, oh my God, they, he did this liberated black people. And dreadlocks come from captured Ethiopian soldiers during that war as a form of protest. They wouldn't take showers and they wouldn't cut their hair. And their hair grew into these they call them dreads like a look of dread like locks so that's why rastafarians wear their hair in dreadlocks it's in solidarity with the ethiopian um soldiers that were held captive wow that's fascinating i love that well there it is i feel like you think you know about slavery but you probably don't i think it's a a time for us to to go back as we're celebrating you know black history month and wakanda month you know i remember a year ago we were talking about black panther and you were like james you know all month long it's all we're going to be talking about and at that time i thought like yeah we'll talk about it i i had no idea we'd be talking about it for as as many episodes as we have and we still will be and we still will be this landmark (laughs) revolution event you have an episode where it's just going to be you and i doing director's comment or uh, yes. audience commentary uh yes. minority quarter 3000 <laughs> I, because it's freaking a big deal for us and i think you going back to our roots talking about fucking slavery and it's not something to be ashamed of Mm-mm. which is something that i have to tell myself it's not something to be hidden away it's our history we are descendants from people that survived yes terror yes 400 years of terror yes. we come from that oh my that gosh is amazing I, so I, yeah yes sorry i just get so excited you know i i love everything yeah. that you're saying and i just i'm loving yeah. having this conversation with you my yeah. sister sister yes. because everything you're saying like that's the thing is that like i we are standing here on the backs of survivors, you know? Right. And it makes me just feel, you know, Maya Angelou has this quote where she says, I stand here as one, but I come as an army of 10,000 or a tribe of Mm 10,000 because that's what we are. Our ancestors are are backing us at every step of the moment. So to all of my black brothers and sisters out there know your power you yes. are, are you are here because of your ancestors willing ability and strength to survive that mm-hmm. like it is our mission to keep this this beautiful heritage to continue going and letting our light shine nothing can stop us nothing will stop us nothing has broken us we have gotten mm-hmm. up time and time again we f- survived one of the greatest atrocities on this planet and we're going to just right. keep on going. And I just feel so honored and blessed. And so it's like, anytime I'm thinking like, oh, my life, I'm like, hold up. I'm not. In, yeah. I don't, I don't need, I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine what that life would have been like. And they got up every day and they continued to find a way to live and to love and to to push forward and to, to find exactly. freedom. I made a joke on Twitter recently because there was a big giant full moon and I forgot to charge my crystals in the moon. And mm. the next day I was like, oh, I didn't charge my crystals in the moon. And I like tweeted like, was oh, this what my answers would have wanted? And then you know what? I thought about it throughout the day and it's like, yes, my ancestors would want me to want, would want me to have trivial cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am the descendant. They worked hard. They persevered. They came here. They battled the mi- the fucking middle passage mm-hmm. for me to have a house, have a, mm-hmm. a job where people mm-hmm. listen to me, to be in charge of people, to teach and educate students on a daily basis, to be able to wear my hair natural and not be ashamed, mm. to 
fucking drive a car to have education to have all of these things and i'm not saying that one is like if you don't drive a car you're not better you're existing currently yeah and that is what they would have wanted so that's just being who i am a strong like a black woman yeah amazing and it's and and it's enough you are enough my black Wakandian princess, you are enough. And to everybody out there, let let your beautiful black light shine bright. Well, that is it. I feel like we hit the bookends yeah. of just like where you came from and black folks today. Where you're gonna go and empowerment and where you're going and what is happening. I, you know, you, we were just talking offline, but you look at people like Chameleonaire, any of the list of the, the people that you yeah. like read. Oh man, the ancestors are so proud right, right now because literally. Any black person you see, they're there. Aneki was saying mm-hmm. this offline, and but are standing there because of the many that survived, right. the literal survivors. You're looking at the ancestors of right. survivors. The fact that whoa, you could be doing nothing except existing in the world as a free person, and that is something to be proud of. The ancestors would be raining tears of joy and gratitude just for that. So it's like yeah. your mere existence is is to know that's amazing. Is that you are enough and that you are literally. I mean, that feels just. I feel so empowered and so charged up and just. I feel like the blood of Wakanda is running through me, me? right now. Like it's a spirit. It's a movement. The spirit of yeah. Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, man. Ugh. I think because Wakanda literally is that meaning. It's that place for us all to come back to of what could have been. And it literally, it's a symbol, right. you know? I literally have walked by almost every black person almost yeah, to the Wakanda, like, you know, know. <laughs> a little what's up thing. <laughs> and that's going to be a thing from now on, you know? Oh, I love that. So good. We are, like, uh, we are the gold that is the heart of Oakland, of not Oakland, of Africa. That too. Well, that too. That too. Oakland and Wakanda. I got Oakland roots in me too. Um, we uh, do have some Ask Me Anything. So remember, Minority Corner, Ask Me Anything. We'll do it next week that okay. we're going to get in into. The meantime, you can only um, email at, at Minority Corner with a K at gmail.com for an Ask Me Anything. We'll get to it at some point. Please. <laughs> we will. We will. We just get so we get to talking on the show and then it gets it yes. gets cut for time. So and, you know, we cut our own stuff. Sometimes we record stuff and it, you true. never hear it. It never Cutting sees the light of day of it. So but there's there there's a little yeah. peaks coming um, for the Max Fun Drive. So just keep an ear out. Yeah, which is coming up next month. Um, and remember, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're yes. on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, wherever you listen. It helps to get people to to hear it. And if you like this episode, take a screenshot of it, snap it, send it out yes. on your Instagrams, let people know, spread the word. Because I think a lot of people think they know about the slave trade, they but know. they don't know. People think that they people and people definitely don't know about these black millionaires who are they up there to doing know both it out. Sides so. of those stories. So just share yeah. us, link it. Don't be greedy. Share sure. the wealth. <laughs> share the wealth, especially on this Black History Wakanda yes. Forever Month. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Minority Corner. Get together. 
We're the majority. We're the majority. Wakanda forever. Hey there, folks. I'm writer and performer Dave Holmes, and I host International Waters where we pair a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture trivia battle royale. Comedians like David Morgan. There's a magazine in the U.K. called Gay Times, and they do a naked issue. And for some reason, they asked me to do it, and I did. And my mum ended up buying a picture of me naked in a charity auction. (laughs) Um, Ophira Eisenberg. And so in the middle of the night, we took a push mower and mowed people's lawns and then <laughs> left messages on their windows in soap that said things like, the midnight mowers strike again, your ass is grass. And many more. Join us every other week on International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Lime. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.